What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pixels Podcast, the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Will. That's Blake. And today we're here to talk some Critical Role, which it's been a year. Literally. It's been a long time. <laughs> I kept having to double check that I was like, "Is was this really when the last one was? Because it was like a month ago or something. <laughs> Actually, or like yeah. three weeks. Wait, now that I say that, it wasn't last year, was it? This This episode was in January, I think. Yeah, it was. Why didn't I say the date on here? What the heck? <laughs> yeah. I think I think uh, this was the first Thursday in January. It says two no. weeks ago, but it definitely wasn't. It was definitely three weeks ago. Probably three weeks tomorrow would be my guess. Okay, that makes sense. But so my last year joke does not work because this was <laughs> this did happen in January. But I thought you were still- just exaggerating. <laughs> but if if you were locking in on that joke, then I. Yeah, well, I would say. you know, I was going for like the double entendre of like it's been forever, but like also literally last year. But no, it wasn't. Yeah. It just feels like forever because we had the sick week, a Candela right. week, so it was another three week break after just right. having a three week break. Um, right. <clears throat> so yeah. Anyway, anyways, all that to say, we're back today to talk some Critical Role. Feels like a long time because it has been a long time, but um. Before we dive into the the huge here, um, I I feel like there's a couple things I wanted to talk about. But Sunday fun days. Uh, well, first the Discord. You can find it linked down in the description below. Great place to chat, hang out, theory craft, but also Sunday fun days, which are watch parties we typically host every Sunday evening. So I don't think we've decided what our next one's going to be yet. Right. Um, but come join us for those. Um, in our live stream. We do a weekly live stream tomorrow on Fridays. That's not, not tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> That's two days from now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fridays at 1 p.m. Uh, we just, you know, kind of talk about whatever. Um, and there's a place in the Discord for specific questions that you would like to lob our way for that as well. Um, but Bring them on. Yeah, Bring on please the heavy do. questions. Please do. You know? Give us, you know, all the socio-political <laughs> You know, uh, maybe never, mind. Not never mind actually <laughs> um but i did remember what i wanted to say originally which is something we talked about in our last episode not of critical role but of worlds beyond number you know i'm sure you guys are tired of hearing us say this but for you critical role folks out there that haven't g- given this show a chance yet you need to blake and i uh we're just we just recorded an episode about that two days ago i guess um mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it's fantastic. It's a great show. And I would love for it to, you know, get some more support, get some more eyes on it. Um, Cause it's great. So uh, y'all should watch it and uh, we will probably continue to plug that. Um, Cause yeah. And uh, anything else besides those normal things? I don't think so. I think that's it. Oh, not that this is the time or place to talk about it, but I did just see, um, that apparently Hasbro is in talks to sell the D&D IP to Tencent. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, no. Yeah. No. So we might need to make like another video about that or maybe no. talk about that on Friday or something. Oh, I hope that's not. I had not heard that. Um, I hope that's not the case, man. Tencent would be the last company <laughs> that I would trust to take over D&D. Which apparently Tencent is like the owner of Larian or something. Okay. Well, if it was, so that there's two things to talk about here and I won't be long winded. Cause I don't think you wanted us to get super in the weeds on it. There are independent 
uh, companies that have Tencent as a majority investor in yeah. them. Um, Larian Studios is one example. Um, Grinding Gear Games, who does Path of Exile, is another mm -hmm. example. Like that kind of situation, I'm okay with, where yeah. it's like, hey, we want to have a majority stake um, in the company, but like you still kind of do your own thing. If it was like Tencent themselves, I would I would be pretty <clears throat> apprehensive about that. Yeah, I um, think it's the latter because I think they like approached Larian due to the success of Baldur's Gate 3. But Larian was like, we cannot afford to buy the D&D IP. And so they like handed it off to Tencent. Now, that mm. being said, this is like me just skimming an article right before we sat down. So it might not even be accurate. I might not be all the information, but uh, potentially something interesting for us to talk about at another time. Um, interesting it would be the right time to sell it one because hasbro's incredibly incompetent but two <laughs> one one d and d comes out this year so it could be in their mind they see d and d at the peak of its value yeah later this year so i i could see that being the case true um but anyway, um interesting but yeah so um other than that i think that tackles all of our typical announcements etc so without further ado, let's dive into the reason we're here today. And um, <clears throat> I know you guys know the drill by now, but before we get into our discussion of Critical Role, we are first going to give a recap of it. And we cut that out and host it separately as its own video for your catching up convenience. So if you happen to find yourself on just the recap video and you want to hear our full discussion on the episode, it will be linked down below. So with that out of the way, let's get into it. This is Critical Role episode 82 of Campaign 3, <laughs> Rush for the Bloody Bridge. Ooh, baby, we here. Boom. So uh, the episode picks up and we've got the party sneaking toward the Malleus Key to the Bloody Bridge. Um, and as they're approaching, you know, they're obviously doing it stealthily. They basically come across this um, Aormaton warder that's patrolling around and the rest of the defenses in this area have been distracted by the illusions, which if you'll recall, this was all part of the plan. Um, right. We've got the illusions of like the beasts with the, the meat wagons to make it look like real blood and everything <clears throat> attacking the opposite side to buy Bell's Hells some space. Um, so Chetney decides to go invisible and kind of trek ahead into this mini encampment where there's like two tents with this, you know, again, Aormaton water patrolling. <clears throat> right. And inside the first tent, he uh, it's empty except for one single Vanguard member that seems like rather nervous. Uh, so Chetney ducks out of that one, goes to check the other one and no one's in the other tent. So <clears throat> the gang tries to plan what to do. And this episode is full of a lot of planning what to do. <laughs> Very much. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> after a bit of planning, um, the rest of the group kind of joins Chetney in the tent with the person in it. And they eventually try to, or they essentially try to deceive and intimidate this person being like, Hey, why aren't you helping? Like you need to get out there and help. Um, and the first, I think Imogen is the one that does this intimidation and doesn't roll very well, but then, um, Ashton kind of steps in and adds to it and rolls well enough to that it is successful. Um, <clears throat> so that person takes out of the tent, they plan for a bit more. Um, and Chetney actually puts one of the EMPs that they got from Percy on that, um, Aormaton that was warring mm -hmm. around. So they do that plan a bit more and head further toward the key. And it's at this point that they run into like another set of guards, essentially. Um, I believe there are three of them <clears throat> and, um, <clears throat> 
they again are struggling deciding what to do but essentially chetney just takes upon him takes upon himself to go and attack one of these um Rhyloran guards specifically i think it's a juggernaut <clears throat> and right basically right as he does this like drops invisibility and attacks um imogen kind of comes up and changes the plan so she comes up and basically is like stop and like is basically pretending that like chetney is a bad guy and they've been chasing him kind of thing and she uses her telekinesis to like pull chetney up and drag him back to the group and like pretends to snap his neck um and she's like he wasn't alone like everyone scatter and look for the rest of these traitors or whatever um and they have to make a group deception check <clears throat> and ultimately they roll pretty poorly so this doesn't really work out and so we have a quick initiation uh, a quick uh scuffle uh, but ultimately bells hells cleans it up and continues toward the bridge um they walk past more of these defense posts and guards and are just kind of like snaking their way down um and at one point again they're doing this all stealthily um one point they walk up on some guards and they kind of overhear that um these guards are anxious and they're worried about like getting in trouble for not helping and one's like yeah should we like go help so we appear like we're on their side or you know just being nervous about it and um they also notice that these guards are guarding a prisoner like in this this cave <clears throat> so the crew decides to come in again they're dressed as vanguard members so they're trying to pretend like they're just members as well. And they're like, Hey, you know, shift change. You guys, you guys are taken out because Bell cells want to see what's up with this prisoner. Um, and the human guards buy it, but the Ray Lauren guards, not so much. So Imogen tries to make an intimidation check, uh, like as Liliana's daughter being like, you need to listen to me. Uh, but they're like, uh, Odahan outranks you and your mother. So like, no, we're not leaving. Um, so then we have another quick initiative, a quick scuffle, um, combat goes pretty standard. Um, nothing really too important to talk about there. Uh, so they ended up defeating these Rylorans and then they go talk to this prisoner, um, who's looking very rough by the way. So FCG starts by casting a heal on them and we find out that this is Ishto of a Shanador. Um, and he's in his like mid to late forties, uh, white hair, tan skin, um, we come to find out that he was part of this crew that was sent to gather information, much similar to Bell's Hells, he presumes. Um, and he is the only one of his crew that survived. <clears throat> he says he's from Eos and they just continue talking to him, learning what they can. Um, he does tell them that there are sigils on the ground that will turn you to stone as a defense mechanism. And they, uh, ask why did Odahan like keep you alive? Like, what do they want from you? And he says he doesn't know. And we do get some insight checks on this and um, Liam and Ashley both get a whisper. Um, the group ultimately decides that they're going to take him along with them and just pretend that he's their prisoner now. So they do that and we're heading back out toward the bridge and that's where we go to break for the first half. Cool. Well, um, coming back from the break, uh, the party has essentially arrived like at the base of the ruins, like set out in front of this massive Malleus key uh, with the bloody bridge, uh, basically the teleporter to go to Ruidus right there in front of them. Um, there is some discussion around kind of like looking around the ruins. This was like the Tishtan excavation site. So there's like ruins everywhere. Um, and one of the first things they do is Orem is actually trying to locate Plains Rider Wren. They remember the last time they were here. And so Orem is kind of looking around being like, okay, I think I knew she was like around over here, but unfortunately 
uh, Matt reveals that Plains Rider Inn is nowhere to be found. Um, Chetney is also kind of looking around, trying to get a feel of like this base operations point. Um, in this conversation, by the way, Matt puts down, um, which I think was the third board for this episode, uh, this amazing board, which by the way, on, uh, the critical role, um, uh, Instagram, they actually, Matt actually had a cool reel about putting this board together that you can check out, but, um, there's basically guards everywhere, including two massive, um, uh, warders as well. In looking around, Chetney's actually going to step on one of these uh, arcane traps, which casts flesh to stone, but he makes a constitution save and resists it. Um, it they also, the party kind of like above the board is talking about like, what do we do about Ishto exactly? Because <laughs> like, we weren't really planning on this guy, like going to Rudus with us. So maybe we just like use him as a diversion. And, uh, you know, I'm full on my my spiel about Bell's Hells being, you know, <laughs> somewhat evil. And they're like, yeah, maybe we should just, you know, let him be a diversion or something. They're like, well, maybe we shouldn't. Um, all that to say, uh, Imogen, they actually has this, Imogen has this brilliant idea to summon a Ray Lauren of her own. Because uh, they're kind of like still pretending to be uh, the Ruby Vanguard. They have Ishto as like a prisoner. And they're like, hey, if we bring in a Ray Lauren, we'll look even more like one of everyone else. So she brings in this Ray Lauren, this feminine Ray Lauren, and Imogen actually asked the Ray Lauren, hey, are you friendly with these Ray Lauren that are actually down here that are part of the Ruby Vanguard? And the Ray Lauren says basically, no, these Ray Lauren are part of what's called the Imperium, which is the first mention of that and seems to be some kind of group on Ruidus. It's around this time as well that Adahan actually appears from the Bloody Bridge, uh, along with a couple of Ray Lauren of her own, one being a Juggernaut and another one being this sort of like floating uh, spellcaster one that Matt reveals is called a Thought Eater. Uh, and then uh, did Adahan go back into the bridge or did she like run I think off she like bounds off towards where the distraction the was happening. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so Adam basically leaves, fortunately. Uh, and the party, they basically are like, it, like, we'll joke, there's a lot of planning here. And finally, they're like, let's just create as much chaos as possible. Um, so they talk about using the EMPs on the warders. They have a couple of actual bombs. Uh, and what they end up deciding to do um, is... Uh, Imogen's going to cast Catapult on a few of the bombs. Fern's going to cast Scorching Ray, and Laudan's going to cast Fireball, and they're going to do it like on the edge of the site to kind of like draw attention over there. Uh, it's also in this conversation that Orm actually is going to step on one of the traps and fails his constitution saving throw. But fortunately, uh, FCG has five uses of Greater Restoration and uses one of those, use, one of, uses one of those to uh, remove that. So they all cast all these things. Um, included in this, Imogen's going to try to cast Blindness on this floating Thought Eater, uh, but fails, unfortunately, on that. Um, chaos ensues. There's three nat 20s on initiative, which is, like, probably the only time that'll ever happen. <laughs> and, it's, of course, it's, like, the least meaningful time that you can get three nat 20s. Um, and typically what we do in combat, by the way, if you, if you don't usually listen to our episodes, we try to just to hit like the high notes of combat just cause it can last for a while. Yeah. So some of these high notes, um, the party is trying to, they don't necessarily want to go up the front stairs cause there's a lot of guards near there. They decide to go up like this ruined building behind the Malleus key. Uh, Chetney's actually going to cast shatter on a person at the bottom of the stairs, which also destroys part of those stairs. Um, and then the Thought Eater, which sort of is sort of like hovering over the battlefield, immediately is going to 
um, like telekinetically tell everybody like, hey, like look alive, there's intruders here. Um, Orem and Ishto are both going to make their way up onto this ruined building behind the Malia's Key, uh, but they both fail strength saves uh, from Psychic Slam uh, from the Thought Eater, and they both get knocked off the building, and in fact, Ishto lands on Orem uh, and has <laughs> one hit point left, by the way. Um, one of the warders comes over and tries to like grab the ruined building that they're standing on to try to like rip it out of the ground, uh, but only rolls a four. Uh, and then Fern is actually going to polymorph, polymorph one of the, um, Ray Lauren, the juggernaut and turns it into a cute little possum that she pets for <laughs> most of the rest <laughs> of the combat. Uh, also interestingly too, by the way, um, Fern and Imogen are, um, sort of like emanating this Ruidian energy being so close to the bloody bridge. And Maddie even mentions that Fern has this interesting intermingling of this Ruidus energy with her sh a shard of Raushan as well. Um, there's a bunch of ballista around the arena. One of them is going to shoot Ashton, um, but he ends up being okay. And then one of the, one of not a ballista, but like one of the, guns there is like this energy lightning gun that Chetney's actually going to jump on and shoot the thought eater with uh, and does 12 D six worth of damage. Um, as this all goes on, it's pretty much like, Hey, we, the whole reason we're here is not to win a battle, but to get up through the bloody bridge. Uh, and FCG goes up first and basically like jumps through and makes his way up to, um, up to Rudis, essentially. Uh, Ishto finally gets up. Uh, Divine Smite kills one of the guards in true paladin form uh, and then, like, runs away with his one hit point, basically like, trying to, like, pull attention. It's also around this time we get a random interruption from a bit from Sam, who had had, like, you know, his... Um, his drinking flask thing, and it said, like, don't press this button, which Travis did, and then he got <laughs> packing corn dunked on him and, you know whatever um the thought eater tries to cast dominate person on orum uh and matt reveals that he was going to use orum to cast uh his pushing and shoving attacks to knock everyone off of this building uh but orum although he fails uses his fighter indomitable feat to reroll reroll the fail and succeeds um um and then the, the thought eater then tries to push more people off but doesn't have a doesn't work uh laudable spider climb up she'll peace out um, Ashton's going to run up, grab Orem and basically throw Orem through the portal, does the same thing with Fern, throws <laughs> Fern through. Uh, there's an important detail that the possum too <laughs> makes it through the portal, uh, as well. And basically it's just, uh, Imogen and Chetney left and Chetney, by the way, um, on this railgun thing, one of the buildings gets knocked onto him. So he has to use half his movement to get up. He can almost make it to Imogen, who Imogen makes it over to Chetney, casts the scroll of Dimension Door, but not before having this awesome moment with Matt where the Thought Eater basically says, you know, we're going to find you wherever you go. Uh, and then Imogen says, we're going to kill you and all your friends, and then flips flips Matt off. It's just this awesome <laughs> moment. Dimension Doors goes up through the portal, and then everyone arrives. Matt describes this this gray and red landscape, uh, this arrival point with Exandria uh, encompassing three-fourths of the starry sky above them. They have arrived on Ruidus, and that is where this crazy episode came to a close. Episode 82, uh, Rush to the Bloody Bridge, I yep. believe. Yep. Okay. 
It was very I'm Ron Burgundy-esque. <laughs> um, and again, if you are watching just the recap, we do, we do do a full episode discussion. So if you're watching just the recap, click the link in the description to see that whole discussion and let us know what you thought too. We love having conversations with you all about this. So um, having said that, Will, my friend. Yeah. Good to finally be talking about this app. Yeah. Yeah. We, we already kind of briefly talked about it, but it just feels like it's been eons not like just since our last ep necessarily but just like getting through like the last three episodes of critical role it's felt like one yeah. a month basically um is it is it worth <clears throat> pausing here just for we we you and i already feel the same way i already know it so i'm partly i'm kind of like why even bring this up but um you know there's little criticism against cr for like breaks and like mm. pacing and how long it takes like for certain things to happen and like you know, oh, they took three weeks off again. What's going on? And I, I, I'm like 99% sure you and I feel the same way. Uh, and then I say something like really offensive towards Critical Role. <laughs> and you're like, wait, no. But, um, you know, I think I think for you guys listening, I, I'm assuming a lot of people listening also feel that same way of what you and I, how we feel. But, you know, I think we got to remember this is a D&D game, you know, and kind of like it's entertainment second. It's a bunch of friends playing D&D first. It's great that they've made it finally to Rudus. And I'm very excited about, okay, it feels like this is like fever pitch now. Like what what the heck could be happening from this moment on? Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I think that's just, that's like the distinction you got to sit down and realize as, as somebody who watches Critical Role that it's not a TV show. You know, like right. they're not they're right. not out there writing scripts, even though some people think... <laughs> They are. Oh, we have posted some like <laughs> sound bites too, where people are like, that's proof that it's scripted. And you're just like, come on, yeah, bruh, like, come on, man. Chill. So you just, you can't yeah. have the same expectations for it. Like, oh, this storyline's dragging on forever. Like, right, cause it's not like right. a television show that's pitched out to, you know, right. so it is a D and D game. So I think you kind of have to like wear two different hats. It's like, you know, the, I'm watching entertainment hat, like a television mm -hmm. type of thing. But then it's also like, but no, this is, I'm getting to watch and, people play D&D, &D, which is a different experience. And you know? Matt, I think, has a very interesting DM process. Interesting makes it sound like there's something wrong with it. But like a very much, I don't want to say hands off. That's not really the right word, but very like you you make the bed you sleep in. Mm -hmm. Is that you sleep in the bed you make? I don't I'm making it up. I don't know. The yeah, expression. no, like you. Yeah, like you made this bed now sleep in it. Like yeah, that. you know, and for better or worse. Right. And so like I think like pacing and timing, I think Matt has I think every DM has a general idea of like story notes and like yeah. potential potential things that can happen. But it feels like Matt, whereas I've seen other DMs be more intent on not railroading, but like hey, yes, you have five options, but you really want to do this one. Or this is the one that seems like the best for you. Mm -hmm. And probably not even that overt. It feels like Matt's a lot more inclined to be like, here's five options. And like, what do you, what, what's fun for you guys? What do you all want to do? Yeah. And sometimes that, if, you, if you're wearing your entertainment hat, that leads you to being like, you know, no, don't go, don't pull on that thread. Go this mm -hmm. way. Yeah. You know? But it, it's the style of the group. So. Yeah, totally. And I, I think, I don't know. I know you didn't watch campaign two, but I think you said you maybe watched that video I made recently about Matt Coville. I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a good example. Like Matt and Matt, example. Matt and Matt both have this really cool thing planned, but the group, they, the players didn't go that way. So we never got to yeah. see it, you know? So it's just, yeah, I think you, 
that was well said that Matt is again, railroad. He's not, I don't want to use that word, but he definitely leaves it to the players. So like in terms of a normal TV show or movie, if there's like, you know, certain beats that you're hitting, then you like, you want to hit that next one. But in a D and D game, they might just turn the other way completely. Um, anyway, all that to say is that I'm with you. We do agree. Um, but I have been seeing some people who are, I think getting frustrated and it's, been exacerbated by the fact that there's been three weeks between mm-hmm. the last two episodes, especially. But and I, and I don't want to minimize in the sense that, like I have felt the pain, and I've I've said it on our show several times actually of like, man, the pacing. Like, can we just can we get these things going? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's that's from the frame of reference of I am wearing I am wearing my entertainment hat, and I I don't think either yeah. hat is necessarily bad. I think you just right. have to. Because, I mean, I watch Critical Role because I love D&D, but also because I want to be entertained. It is entertaining yeah. for me. So I think as long as you know what lens you're wearing at the time, I, I think I think that's okay, right? But yeah. I, think, I think where there's frustration is when people confuse the two and they misunderstand that for the players, it is D&D first. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's just... Anyway, yeah. we're probably just beating a dead horse, honestly. We've talked about this before, <laughs> so... No, but I'm with you. I'm with you. And I, I would imagine that. Yeah. Well, never mind. Yeah. We've, we've said, it. um, all, all that to say, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast, you know, we've, <clears throat> we've made it to root us. We're here. We have, we are officially there. And Matt's a world builder, you know, and Matt's a lore junkie. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got a little taste with the Imperium. Yeah. You know, which I'm like, about that. Ooh, ooh. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Which, Where are we going? What are we doing? You know, just a quick kind of like take a step back note of appreciation. Um, just how cool must it be, not only for Matt, but for the players too, to like been playing in this sandbox of Exandria for a decade at this point, like including mm-hmm. the home game, basically, um, you know, exploring, doing whatever you want. Like they, they do, you know, it started in one continent. We've now been to several, but now to be looking up at that sandbox because you're <laughs> on the moon. Like how cool it must that be just in terms of like the grand journey of this D and D game that they've like made it to that point. So I just thought that was a really cool moment and, um, you know, excited to see what what's to come from here. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah, Yeah. not to, I don't know if we want to jump straight there yet, but speaking of the Imperium, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about specifically. Um, I think, I think this gives a good, we, we have suspected as much on the show that, Perhaps it isn't like I can't give an expression. Now. I was going to say nuts and rainbows, which uh, that's definitely not anything. <laughs> but not, not everyone's cozy on Ruidus. Not what all nuts and rainbows, man. <laughs> <laughs> if, if any Jeff Curie fans out there, you know, you never go full beans, you know. <laughs> but anyway, um, we've <clears throat> suspected that maybe it's not all cozy up up and on Ruidus that we saw. We think we have suggested there's probably a faction that's allied to Bradathos and potentially this other faction that maybe is what we saw the Nightmare King uh, with, mm. yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it seems like that is potentially the case, that um, there is the Imperium, uh, which I think is kind of a funny word because it's like Imperium has sort of like a sense of vastness to it. And you have one some small planet that you're <laughs> <laughs> you're in charge, which we, I guess we don't really know how... <clears throat> big like mileage wise <laughs> ruidus is yeah but um you have the imperium and then i'm assuming we're going to engage with 
where Imogen's been pulling her um, summon Raylorin from this other other rebel esque group. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Something we've been speculating on is this is like a whole planet, for lack of a better word. I mean, it's obviously a moon, but like, there's <clears throat> a whole ecosystem there. So like, they're not all gonna. It's not all Raylorans are the same, you know. Like, there's probably lots of elements to society um so it is interesting to now find out for sure that there are factions that are like not on team lewdness as it were um i do you think that the ray lauren she summons is the same one every time because i i originally thought like it was just like a random pull but now i'm wondering if it's been like the same one there was one that she summoned maybe the one in whitestone where they were like doing a little hist like lore diving on Laden's behalf. That she showed um, Keyleth? Or not that yeah, would have been Whitestone. Uh, that would have been No. The Oh maybe I'm thinking of that one. I, I don't know which one I'm thinking of, but one that seemed a lot more um cold to Imogen mm -hmm. and a bit aloof. Um so yeah. part of me wonders if it's random, I think that is possible. <clears throat> I also wonder if it's Retcon's not strong enough, a good enough word here because I don't think it's truly a retcon. I think sometimes as a DM, you after the fact realize yeah. there's some really easy way to tie things together. You're like, yeah. ooh, that's really interesting. For sure. So if the tension that I'm referring to of like, well, it doesn't necessarily seem like it's all from the same tribe, <laughs> for lack of better phrasing. It could yeah. also be maybe Matt, as time has gone on, has realized like, oh, like this is a cool mechanic that she's actually summoning. Um, now, how would she know to summon from that group? I don't really know. But, yeah. So it could be random still, but it has to be allied to her, right? So she couldn't True. accidentally grab a Ruby Vanguard, an Imperium one, and then like, you know. Well, I think she friends, could, but... and it's just like been subjugated by the rules of this ritual True. type of thing. True, yeah. Um, but yeah, that is a good point. They do seem different. Like I would, and it, mm -hmm. it also could be one of those things that's kind of retconned a bit that if it is the same one, but I would venture to guess that they have been different ones. Um, but yeah, very interesting. And I like that you brought up the Ira thing because I had that same thought because we saw him meeting with mm -hmm. the Rai Lauren. Um, so now I would venture to guess that it was probably one of the rebels, if we can call yeah. it that, <clears throat> which again, just makes me so curious what he's up to. No. And, you know, it may not even be maybe even rebel isn't even a strong enough word in the sense of um, for me, like when I think of rebel, I think of which is what I think what I originally had even called them. Um, I think of like two warring factions or like, you know, a group trying to survive under like the boot heel of the Imperium. Yeah, like Star and Wars, like, basically. Yeah. And like this planet, the moon, Rudis has. I mean, it's been up there for a thousand years, right? Yeah, um, wow. So like it's it's a long that'd be a long conflict, is all I'm saying. So part of me also wonders if it's more of like you have the Imperium, which is sort of like this autocratic, you know, maybe people don't even fully remember Pradathos or what have you, but the Imperium that's this autocratic, like we run it the way we want to run it. And then there are, you know, kind of more libertarian-esque people who are like, hey, you know, I don't wanna 
want to do my own thing, you know? And, yeah. and, and then maybe, and maybe that is precipitating into a full on rebellion. I'm, I'm, we know nothing about this planet. Yeah, so I'm definitely we, like just <laughs> spinning out in terms yeah. of conjecture here. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. mean, we, we don't have enough info to really draw any hard conclusions yeah. here. Cause I mean, I said that it's definitely that. Yeah, for so. sure. <laughs> it, I mean, it could be as simple as like, you know, you said like they've been warring. It would be weird if they'd been warring for like a thousand years or whatever. Like maybe they haven't, maybe this is all in the last couple of years now that this has yeah. started to take off. Like, you know, we know Ludinus has been planning this for a long time, but that doesn't necessarily right. mean he's been in contact with Ray Lawrence planning it the whole time. Like maybe this is whatever time frame we want to give it five, 10 years, a year that like it's, they became aware of like, Oh, this one guy wants to set us all free. And so maybe there's a faction that is working with him, the Imperium. And maybe there's another group that's like, Hey, but like, here's the thing. I know I'm rambling right now. <clears throat> I wonder why the rebels would be against this because maybe like even if they're not on board with like the grand plan of it all, they are trapped on this moon and this would essentially free them. Like, do they not care about that? You know, maybe, maybe they don't, you know, maybe they know about like the side effect damage that this could cause. And I don't know. So, well, you know, I'm right. just kind of curious, like why, surely they would want to be freed right because i mean matt described it's not that like you're on ruidus and like up it's like it's not like looking at the moon where like you look up and you're like oh yeah that's exandria like matt described it as filling three-fourths of the sky which i mean actually they're closer even mechanically speaking ruidus is closer right now because of the apogee solstice ritual yeah um so maybe it was a little bit more like that previously but i mean they certainly can't ignore Exandria. I mean, they're it's I'm sure it's at the forefront of their mind, but yeah, you would assume that everyone on Ruidus would be like, team, get us off this rock. Yeah. You know, so well now that I I've fully felt that as I said it, but now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, it's just like no different than us being on Earth and being like, if somebody came like, I'm gonna free you from this planet, I'd be like, What are you talking like? I'm good. <laughs> you know, like Well, if, it depends on it depends on how harsh their their lifestyle is, right? I mean true. But it might know. be all they've I ever mean, known, you know, like, again, right. like, we don't know the history of this. Like, are these the same people that maybe were there back when this happened? Or is this like a hundred generations later? And like, they've built a life there. This is all they know, you know. Yeah. Like, Remember the Ray Lauren that Imogen spoke to, though, who said, I think they have dreams of like life on Alexandria. Yeah, like that guy was pissed. Yeah, I mean, so some of them have a clue. Yeah. You know, and I mean, they see, they look up and they see, all they know is gray and red, and then they look up and see all these colors, you know? Yeah. So, so I guess maybe there we go. Maybe that's kind of the split is like, maybe there are some people that it's like, we're happy with our life here. Like, we're not trying to get all crazy. And then there's people like that, Ray Lauren, who are like jealous and like, mm -hmm. you know, especially with the connection because didn't that guy like say he watched Imogen's dreams like and he wanted to I don't know maybe I'm making that part up but I don't know yeah. he was essentially like a jealous though was like the idea yeah um, yeah at least ambitious to they seemed keen on getting to Exandria is what yeah. it seemed like so yeah. hmm. there's just so many there's still so many like questions of of what exactly is going on there. Like, cause if, if it was the scenario where it is like these same beings that potentially existed back on Exandria in the day, like it's not 30 generations later, like maybe some of them are like, I've want to go home <laughs> sort mm -hmm. of kind of feeling, you know? 
Um, but that may not be the case. It may I be mean, for all the for all the power and influence that Pradathos has, surely you think he's got a lock on his own people, right? Like, yeah. Well, he might. It it does. Like, it seems like he's asleep or. For right. lack of a better word, like he is imprisoned, right? So I don't, it's, it's not as if seemingly he's walking around the face of that moon, like as a deity, <laughs> you know, like as an emperor. Yeah. It but seems as if, yeah, he's he's impacting Ruidus born. Yeah, like he definitely has influence still. So I'm sure. like, dude, your house is in disorder, man. Like, yeah, you got to make sure this is all evil or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of interesting, I guess, that he has seemingly a little bit of a blind spot, but. That's, that's too and, strong of a word, but you and maybe, it. I mean, maybe it's not fair to say Pradathos is evil. Maybe it's just the natural order of things, right? Like there exists these gods and there exists their natural predator, you know, like, so, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that your, like your team Tyrannosaurus Rex and, <laughs> uh, and what's that movie? Uh, uh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Yeah. I bet you were rooting for it. I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying I'm team T-Rex, but I'm just saying that like, you know, he <laughs> just wants to be freed and is, you know, influencing things in that direction, but it might not it might not be just like a pure yeah. masochistic, like wants to see the world burn type of evil. I think that's a fair way to put it, especially because it seems like in camp, I don't know how this was in campaign two, but in campaign three, it feels like Matt has really colorized the gods in a more um, Greek God esque, like kind of flawed yeah. humanistic, you know, with all both virtues and vices. Um, so I, I could definitely see Pradathos as not being like, offset you know totally evil but yeah more of like a natural order of things yeah. which isn't that kind of what the name implies too like pradathos predator like every every ecosystem yeah. has a predator and a prey and anyway yeah so i <clears throat> i'm in so i'm interested to learn more about these rebels um but kind of moving away from that slightly we're on Ruidus now. Um, it seems like the the bridge goes from point A to point B always, right? Or mm -hmm. could it be like they got spit out at a random part of Ruidus? That's not the impression. Point I B, have. since it's like a fortified position that yeah. they arrived at. Yeah, that's a good point. So they're really not out of harm's way, which Matt even mentioned. Like you're still in initiative order for now, right? Because like <laughs> all those people can just walk through the bridge. Like maybe they don't for whatever reason. But specifically, like, word has gotten out that there are intruders here. Odahan's not that far away. So, like, I'm worried yeah. that, like, we might see her next episode, you know? I thought we were going to get an Odahan fight, like, at the Malleus Key in this episode. It, I think the timing was great for it, but um, we it feels like we definitely are heading to some kind of encounter like that in the near future. Yeah. Near future, maybe, maybe <clears throat> not near near future, but it seems like that's, like, the next low-hanging fruit in terms of like big encounter yeah the next big boss fight for sure it, i think it would have been bad if they fought her there because like they're in the heart of the eye of the storm right like right so on top of Adahan, they have to fight all these other things ballistas and stuff so um i could but see I, that you know, here's here's why i expected it because matt matt's all about using the npc to like kind of level out the combat yeah. and like give his players a hand. Like every big encounter has had an NPC that Matt's had to like assist the party. We had Ishto, you know, God rest his soul, wherever <laughs> you are, Ishto, thank you for your service. Um, so I thought maybe we were heading to a big encounter, especially once Adahan showed up, but 
Um, but yeah, they live to fight another day. Yeah, well, I I think we still might get that encounter. Now, I don't think it'll be like start of the episode happens necessarily. I mean, maybe it will since they're still in initiative order, but I imagine they at least get out of that for a brief period of time. But I wouldn't be surprised if like Otahan shows up on Ruidus very quickly. I mean, the party hasn't really used very many resources. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. Like Just whatever cells, they used in these like lots. in yeah. these fights getting down there. <clears throat> Which wasn't that yeah. much. Um, right. And speaking of Ishto, I'm kind of wondering if they messed up. Like, because I felt like the one, they didn't really fully trust him. It felt like. Um, and it felt like Sam, you know, like not wanting to use healing spells on him kind of thing. And, um, but as a high level paladin, it could have been very useful, you know? And like he was coming with them. That was like the plan because there's really nowhere else for him to go. Um, and I know Matt like controlled the NPC and, you know, but I feel like the party could have been more like focused on like bringing him with them. I think Matt kind of picked up on that vibe, you know, yeah. I don't, anyway, all I'm saying is that I, they might've messed up by kind of just like letting that ally leave as it were. Um, yeah. I think it's one of those things like in hindsight, like the party after the fact, you're like, why did we do that? You know? <laughs> um, Cause definitely, I mean, and I mean, assuming the NPC is like, you know, at least level 10, high-level Paladin slaps, dude. That Divine Smite's no joke. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what level he was. I'm not, like, that much mm -hmm. of a D&D &D expert, but he did a ton of damage on that strike. Like, he was definitely at least level 10, 12, I think. Yeah. If not higher. Um. So, yeah, hopefully they didn't make a huge mistake there. But also, he's 1 HP. Like, they're not just going to let him walk away maybe you they know, keep him prisoner again but i think yeah. he might be done I've, i have found that D, D players are really bad at assessing like the right decisions in the moment <laughs> even when you feel like you're like handing it on a platter in front of them yeah uh one of my D, &D groups recruited like a 15 year old like this teenager dude who i was like very clear he has no combat ability um and they're like yeah he's dead for sure but he's gonna come with us though <laughs> so i was like okay Robbie's with you. So <laughs> anyway. Um so yeah, who knows what happens to Ishto? Maybe we hear about him again in like a, a one shot down the world down the road or something, but yeah, yeah I mean go ahead. go ahead. I was just gonna say not that he's I don't think he was some vastly important character or anything, but he was obviously powerful, trusted enough to be sent on a similar mission that bells hells have been sent on and was strong enough to like not have been killed and or important enough to not have been killed to get information out of. Right. right? So right. like I, again, I don't think this was some like the players are going to be punished for letting some really important person die. Not that at all. But I do think that they like when this is all said and done, if they're like, Oh yeah, we saw this guy named Ishto. Then like, it might, we might find out some more about him that he was like a great guy. And like, he was the key know, to everything, a trusted ally. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> he had a satellite phone on him the whole time. <laughs> he had a, yeah, he's the Luxon. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay. All right, so what else? It's hard um, episodes like this because it feels like there's a lot to talk about. And then you start like processing and you're like, well, that was a lot of planning and some combat, more planning and combat. Yeah. Um, I don't mean this in a bad way, but not really much happened this episode. You know, we just went. Right. We got to the bloody, bloody bridge, essentially. Um, 
but speaking of like all of the planning and stuff, uh, which I am not, this is not a slight at all. Like if anyone's played D and D you've been there, like it's hard to figure out what you want to do, especially in such an important scenario. You don't want to make any mistakes. Um, but just shout out to Travis, man. He's such a good player in so many different aspects, but like more on more than one occasion in this episode, he just like took the initiative when no one could make a decision and he just, you know, went with something. Um, Mm -hmm. Every table needs that, you know, now I'm not, you can go too far that way too. Like a player who's just never listening, like, you know, just doing what they want. Like that's obviously not what Travis was doing, but um, I think, yeah, you make a really good insight on like that dynamic at a table where like you have to, your players have to trust you or have to trust each other for someone to be able to do that. And it takes someone who has to be really in tune with kind of knowing it just has good intuition on like what is the right decision because like we've all had like the person at the table who's like all right guys we're just gonna do this and everyone's like no we're not <laughs> that's the dumbest thing we like why would we do that yeah uh, but then you have someone at the table who's like hey this is what we're just gonna do and you're like yes okay that person gets it so i i can't talk about it any smarter than that because I, I haven't really fleshed out the thought but yeah travis is obviously the latter i mean he you know and like you said if you wear your entertainment hat, it'll drive you crazy. If someone isn't doing that at the table. Right. For sure. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're all fantastic players, but I just Travis, especially I notice a lot is just so in tune. Like you, like you're saying, I like that phrase. Like he's very in tune with the pulse of what's happening at the table. Like he's always, I mean, not everyone has their moments in five hour sessions where they might not be paying attention fully or whatever. But I notice a lot of the times Travis is always locked in. Um, Mm -hmm. And always like celebrating other people's moments and, you know, just mm-hmm. everything in that bag. Um, yeah. So shout out to the CEO. He's got, he's got some cool hype man moments. You know that? Yeah. I had this random thought of like doing like a soundboard like quiz for you <laughs> on one of our Friday streams and being like, all right, tell me, tell me what this is. And one of the ones that I had thought about was basically like Travis, like not cheering, but like going like, oh, and then seeing if you could. <laughs> I have to guess the like, moment? No, guess who, what it is. And, um, and I was like, well, Will's going to know it's Travis. Cause it's oh, so just iconic. like, guess who it was. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. thought you meant like, who guess the moment that made Travis no, make that no. noise. I'll be like, bro, I can't do that. <laughs> who it is or like what it's from, not what it's from, like the moment, but like, oh, that's a, yeah. you know, Matt, that's Matt doing a spell sound of like, you know, gotcha. a certain spell or something. But anyway, so the two things I had was, Travis yelling and then uh something else that I already forgot but <laughs> then I was like this is stupid so but it's a very iconic it is a very iconic thing and so that's why I was thinking like Will would totally nail this that's funny but now I feel like I have to do it but <laughs> <laughs> you've set the expectation out there yeah yeah <clears throat> the people will be clamoring um that's funny though um so uh sorry I'm just reading through my notes here um yeah let me look at mine i loved the thought eater it was very yeah it was very mind flayer-esque yeah. you can tell matt just played Baldur's gate 3 um <laughs> which no is... <clears throat> sorry, i was just gonna say i just really loved i loved that i loved like the final little bits of dialogue at yeah the very end, that's what i was, was gonna really cool. say i was gonna now again we we've had this conversation in, in short bursts at times with the uh, our Bell's Hell's evil, which you know I always like to push back, but they're not evil. But I know what you're talking about. But I was gonna say, yeah, Imogen are evil because you would be all about it, man. You'd be <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Finally, I can totally stand these people. You know, they're you know, morally, like, they've got some morally gray moments for sure. But yeah, uh, I was just gonna say, 
that line from Imogen, I'm going to kill you and all of your friends was a bit dark, you know? And I mean, this is a guy that was actively trying to kill them. So I'm not saying that like, she shouldn't have said that or anything, but that's, you know, there's a far cry between like, I'm going to fight you because you're fighting me and then threatening, I'm going to kill you and all of your friends. <laughs> so it I was thought, very, um, equalizer to Denzel Washington. Have you seen that movie? To, uh, I uh, took my headset off for a second, so I didn't hear the movie. I said it was very Equalizer 2 mm. um, and Denzel. I don't know if you remember that scene, but I've seen the movie, but it has a very similar line where he just like cold blooded is like, I'm going to kill you and all your friends. Mm. It's like, all right, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've so, seen it, but it's been forever, but I kind of remember that. It's a good um, movie. <clears throat> they, uh, they make a TV show out of it or something. I feel like they I recently, they, yeah. I think they recently brought it back or something. Why do I think it's Queen Latifah? I think it is. is, is it? I think it is. Yeah. Something's <laughs> off about this whole thing. And... I never watched it, so I don't know, you know, the premise there, but um, yeah. Let's see here. <clears throat> oh, you're right. The Equalizer movie or show. I mean, like, like I, don't, I don't remember Equalizer lore, but like, was he like an agent of some organization or was he just like, you know, like, why is Queen Latifah the equalizer now? Are they just ripping the IP for? It's apparently a 19. This is like totally off topic, but it's apparently a 1980s detective show. Okay. That was remade. Um, okay. Was re remade and starring Queen Latifah. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. She's a detective. Was he a detective then? No, he was like X. So are these off. equalizers even related? Are they just both called the equalizer? I think they're both just called the equalizer. Oh, well, there you go. Let's see. Is <clears throat> Queen Latifah equalizer same as, I should say, same as Denzel? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I can't really tell, actually. Interesting. Let us know in the comments if you happen to be up yeah. on the equalizer lore. Important detail here. <laughs> Yes, very equalizer esque yeah. that line from her. So Yes, I was I was wondering if you were gonna bring that up in your Bell's Hells are evil agenda uh today. Agenda, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just more content for the, the video yeah. that'll never get made. Yeah. You know? you Every time I watch I'm like, Yep, there's <laughs> another little clip I'm gonna talk about. Boom. And uh you know, making uh YouTube videos is like endless hours of work and so then i always like think about doing it and i'm like do i want to eat today or do i want to make this video <laughs> yeah. so yeah i anyway. feel you there <laughs> maybe um this okay i was about to go down a whole rabbit hole about video editing software and ai and stuff but let's that's not appropriate for now well we can have that conversation on our own time um <clears throat> but maybe some exciting things happening there um to to cut out some of the busy work of it um, but one other thing I wanted to talk about looking at my notes here is, um, these whispers that everyone was kind of getting as they approached the bloody bridge. What do we think that is? Cause it wasn't just the Ruidusborns, which would have made more sense to me. Um, didn't that say it was the aura coming from the thought, the thought eater? Oh, is that what it was? I think he I did. probably I just think... missed that. Yeah. He named it, um, okay. as one of the last people were going up, uh, into the portal um matt mentioned the whispers and said and then added 
you know, this aura from the oh, thought okay. eater. Um, so I think it's that. Okay. Yeah. I, I must've been zoning out when he said that. Cause I, yeah. I thought it was from Ruidus. So I was trying to piece together what that meant. Um, yeah. so was you're it cool. like a, you're, I think it was like a, yeah, a mechanic, okay. um, some kind of combat mechanic, but gotcha. it, it felt like there were some things that Matt had put on paper for that, um, that opponent that didn't fully get realized, which, yeah. which happens a lot in combat. I yeah. did a, I did a session, um, with my players where it was basically like a beholder, but, um, it had this psionic cone ability where anytime you, um, anytime you cast a spell that causes a wisdom, uh, like a wisdom or like a constitution or wisdom or charisma saving throw, it gets reflected back on anyone within 150 feet. Well, mm. it turns out no one in, in my group actually casts anything that does that. <laughs> they were all like con saves and like deck saves. So I was like, Cool. Cool. Cool, man. <laughs> so point being, I think that was a little bit with the thought eater was Matt had some, st some pretty cool, like flavor stuff that just never really, yeah, never really happened. That makes sense. Well, we'll probably have another chance to see it. Honestly. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, a couple of things. Um, one on the speak, since we do think it's a point A to point B for the bridge, I agree. It's kind of weird that there was nothing there. I mean, maybe there is like we didn't have time to like explore it, but at the very least, I would think it's fair to say there's not like a enemy camp in the same way that there is on the Exandrian side. There's not like a big fort of Vanguard and Ray Lawrence like guarding this side, which, you know, obviously there may not need to be for the same reasons, but I think there could be that match. We just didn't, didn't get to see it. Yeah. I mean, but because he, he did describe like battlements set around it. So. I could see, like, why would there be battlements and not people demand those battlements? So, like, I could see, like, maybe Matt just didn't fully flesh out the environment because he did mention you're still an initiative, which I don't think that yeah. was just the people following through. I think it was, hey, where you've arrived is also under Ruby Vanguard control. Yeah. Um. So. I mean, entirely possible that that's the case. I just, and what I'm about to say could have just been serving as a nice little moment to wrap the episode up. But, like, the the whole vibe of like looking up and seeing Exandria like you would think there's like enemy soldiers like rushing towards them as that's happening like that wouldn't be the case but yeah. I guess we really don't have enough information to know but yeah if there is nothing there that's weird to me totally weird yeah you know um For but sure. maybe I don't know maybe there's weird circumstances at play to where like they're not keeping anybody from leaving Ruidus so maybe there's no reason to have stations there uh, yeah that's true <clears throat> uh, i think i had one other thing i wanted to say let me read through real quick oh um party got lucky a few times in this episode um the one i wrote down specifically was if if orem had not been able to save that dominate like i don't know what they would have done because i doubt they just leave him Right. right. And so like you're going to have to defeat the thought eater at that point, I would imagine to like drop the spell or get the concentration to break at least. So maybe they wouldn't have to beat him, but like they would have to spend a few turns trying to break that concentration at the very least. And that's more and more time for reinforcements or Odahan to show up. Um, so well, uh, FCG also had the greater restoration. So that would have that would have. Oh, would that have 
cured it. Yeah. Done that? Oh, okay. So I think it's a charm effect. Dominate yeah. person, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think that would have been one option. So it definitely went in their favor a number of times. I think almost every save they were successful on, except for that one, which he re-rolled, and then him and Ishto getting knocked off the roof. I think pretty much mm. every other one they were successful on. Yeah. Um, sometimes the dice just go in your favor, you know? So Yeah. Good time for them too as well. Hopefully they right. still got some juice in that regard though. You know what they say, the dice <clears throat> tell the story, you know, where you're just yeah. like, ooh, okay. Yeah. I <clears throat> yeah. And I was I don't want to launch into this full conversation because we've had it a million times and we can have it again maybe after next episode, but I'm curious to see what happens now. We're on the moon. Otahan maybe coming after them, but like, where are they going to go from here? What are they, are they going right. to be able to successfully get out of here with just information? Or are we going to run into some screw in the plan? What's, I don't know the phrase. Uh, oh, nuts and rainbows, get screwed man. Up. Nuts and you rainbows, know, bro. Nuts and rainbows, bro. Classic. <laughs> it's just it. Yep. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be a good app. I, I don't know if I'll be able to watch it tomorrow night, but I think it's going to be... I think we're going to get some cool lore pieces, which you and I always really like. I agree. So. I'm I'm really excited for this next step. And, you know, barring, we should be out of the extended breaks, barring any unforeseen sick days or anything. Cause we're out of the end of the holidays at the end of the year. Um, Candela is done. Not that there won't be a cap- chapter four of Candela and not that they won't still take off the last week of the month, even if they don't. But, um, just excited to get like a nice little chunk of episodes again and figure out what's going on here. When we on got calamity, previous. calamity was it was calamity on off weeks or was it like a four week break to do? It calamity? was a four week break. Okay, <clears throat> I gotcha. Um, so we could get something like that again, yeah. Like a mini series, for lack of a better term. Yeah, and I think we probably oh. will, but just at least for the the short term, I imagine we hopefully are going to get a chunk of episodes mm-hmm. now after these mm-hmm. these breaks. Um, I feel like I have one other thing, but I can't find it in my notes. So, yeah. Okay. Well, um, definitely Friday stream is a great time. If we miss anything that you guys want to talk about, the Friday stream is a great place to do that. You can join us Friday at one o'clock, uh, where it's very casual and we just talk about what you all want to talk about. Um, we have the discord also, where we're always, not only are we, are we always talking about stuff like critical role? Um, but we also have a live chat channel where we watch, uh, the episode live and react to it. Um, and it's way better than Twitch chat. So yes, um, it's definitely, it's got a great vibe. It's people enjoying the show, people who want to be there, who oddly enough on Twitch, seems like some people like rage, watch it for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. Um, so the discord's another great place for you to check out. Um, but yeah, I think that'll do it. I think that's all we got. So y'all appreciate it. If you made it this far and, um, should have should have mentioned this way earlier, but uh, hopefully the recap was still up to snuff for y'all. This was the first one officially without crit roll stats as a crutch for Blake and I. Your um, first one. My <laughs> last one, I thought. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot um, it was the level of the last one. <laughs> so you guys let us know if, if we missed anything important. Um, you know, again, since there's no no nice crit roll stats recap to refresh our memories with. I tried to try to make sure I was doing good notes, but y'all let us know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's all we got. We'll, uh, we'll see you guys Friday, I guess.
Alrighty, y'all. See ya.